Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Fitness Disrupted, a production of iHeartRadio. I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disrupted. Our world is getting faster and faster. Our attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. So I said, why not do a show rapid fire? Which is saying a lot because I do the fit tips that are pretty quick. And I do listener mailbag shows, which pretty quick for the most part. And then I do the longer shows and the interview shows where we take a deep dive, a pretty deep dive, depending on the subject and, and the specifics. But this show, rapid fire. For those of you who are like, Tom, just stop talking and get to the point. <laughs> Hopefully this will be quick enough for you. So I got 41. And you go, why 41? Because guess what research shows? Y'all are more likely to listen to something, to read something where the numbers are not the even number, the 40. You're more likely to read an article that says nine of your top fitness questions answered. So there you go, more research. So that odd number, the more unlikely number in the title, you're more likely to listen. <laughs> so there you go, 41. You're going to see the same themes repeat themselves. And that should tell us something. And one of those or two of those themes, they're related. Which is better and which is best? That's going to come up over and over and over again. Now, I have to say that 
many of these questions I have answered in prior podcasts and went deep on them. And for those that I haven't done a deeper dive into, I will. But this is, again, rapid fire, two, three, four quick points, and we're out. You're going to get my take on it. You're going to get my opinion based on science and experience. And that's it. Now, one final theme that will come up is fill in the blank really bad for you. Is fill in the blank really bad for you? Now, this is a really important point because this is exactly what sells diet books and, as I wrote, garbage fitness programs. Because to be an iconoclast in this industry will make you money. Will make you money. Can make you a lot of money. What does it do, though? It doesn't help you at all. It enriches the charlatan, (laughs) in my definition, and it doesn't help you achieve your results. You waste time, you waste money. And in some situations, you get hurt. You know? There are books like Why Crunches Are, and I'm not even going to say the words. I'm a good little Catholic boy, C-R-A-P, Why Crunches Are, okay? Iconoclast, go against the norms and go against the science. There's one book, super popular now. I mean, I, I hesitate to even give part of the title, but I have to just because it is a perfect example of what I'm talking about here. Weightlifting is a waste of time, so is cardio. Really? Okay, (laughs) but which is better, which is best, and is blank, fill in the blank, really bad for you? Those are going to be the questions that come up over and over and over again. And that's why there's so much confusion about diet and exercise. Enough. Let's get right to it. Quick break. When we come back, boom, 41, rapid fire, your top 41 diet and exercise questions answered. Hopefully fast. We'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. 
Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, I got to say... I like the deep dives. I love going into the research, and I know many of you do as well. And it's always tricky how deep to go and and how much to kind of delve into the specifics of the studies. But today's the opposite. Today's like, tell me, Tom, your take on it, and we're out. That's it. Okay? Quick cocktail party, buzz by, question asked, (laughs) and answered, as I often say. And one thing that did give me The idea to finally do this type of show was, yes, I was away traveling with one of my kids for sports, travel sports, and you spend time with the parents, and these questions come up over and over again. So here we go. All right. 41. Number one, what is the best exercise to flatten my stomach? If that is not the most popular, one of the top 10, I don't know what is, right? What is the best exercise to flatten my stomach? Everyone wants a flat stomach, or many people. And it's been on the cover of magazines for decades for that very reason. You cannot spot reduce. No number of crunches, not a thousand, not two thousand. I don't care what they are, how hard, how many variations will give you a flat stomach. It is body fat. Doing that movement will not reduce body fat. It will make you stronger. So that is why I have my 10% time rule. 10% roughly speaking, of your exercise time should be devoted to ab exercises and to strengthen and flatten. But you can't flatten, as I just said, but to devote to that area because you need to decrease your caloric intake and increase your caloric expenditure. So you want to spend the majority of your workout strength training and cardio for that very reason. And unfortunately, it's genetic, but for most people, Your stomach is the last place you're going to lose the body fat. And that's why it's so challenging, especially as we get older and especially when hormones start to become involved. So there you go. There is no exercise that will flatten your stomach. Now, that being said, what does research show? The bicycle crunch is one of the most effective exercises to strengthen and work your abdominals because it is generally speaking, getting all three regions. You're getting your obliques, you're getting your rectus abdominis, your six-pack, and we can debate the, can you get the lower abs? You're getting that too. So, yes, you can do body weight crunch type exercises to strengthen, but you cannot flatten your stomach through exercise alone and specifically through ab exercises. Number two, what happens if I stop working out? Will I lose everything? I did talk about this in another podcast, Drives Me Berserk, and by the way, I should have said in the intro, a common response I'm going to give you is it depends. Almost every one of these questions starts the answer 
with it depends. Depends on so many things. And that's why I've said the guests I bring you, the best of the best, will almost always say, depending on the subject matter, it depends for that very reason. And the people who don't say it depends don't know what they're talking about for the most part. Trying to sell you something. They're the iconoclasts going against basic exercise science quite often. Okay, so if you stop working out, sure, you're going to lose some strength. You're going to lose some muscle. You're going to lose some cardiovascular fitness. But that doesn't mean that you've lost everything. And you read those articles that say if you stop for three months as if you never worked out at all. Complete and utter garbage. There's an off-season for professional athletes for a reason. You need rest. You need recovery. And you make neuromuscular connections. You build capillaries and capillary density. In other words, you do a lot of things you can't see to your body that never goes away. And I am a perfect example of something that is known as muscle memory. I take a lot of time off depending on what I'm doing and I mix it up. So if it were true, why would you put in all the work knowing that when you take a couple of weeks and maybe a couple months off that you've lost everything? It's not true. And truthfully, where are those studies? How do they define that? So yes, you're going to lose some muscle, of course. You're going to lose some strength. But I have found every time I come back, I come back a little faster and a little faster and a little faster when I take those, you know, uh, desired time off. And sometimes life gets in the way. Okay, and let me finish with this. This doesn't even take into account all of the psychological benefits you get and all those non-scale victories you get from exercise, the psychological benefit, cognitive stress reduction, all of those things. So don't worry about time off. It's a necessity. It happens. And in the end, it ends up being a positive. Okay? What are the best running shoes? Number three, depends on so many factors. What are you going to be doing? Are you a marathoner? Are you running shorter distances? How much do you weigh? How does your foot fall? So you want to go to a reputable store, ideally staffed by runners, and have them give you a consultation. And they will look at your shoes, look at the wear pattern on your shoes, ideally that you are wearing now. Oftentimes, they will get you on a treadmill. This is a tricky thing, though, people. There are many people that, in my experience, have put themselves out there as footwear experts that aren't very tricky. You should know this. The research shows it's not about the price. The most expensive shoes are not the best. It's what's the best for you. There's a great study. I think the price was somewhere around 60 or $70. And then after that, didn't matter. It's like a bike. You know, these triathletes who put insane amounts of money in their bike. After like $2,000, which is insane to begin with, $2,500, $3,000 for those top-end bikes, minimal gains. So it's not about price. You don't have to spend a lot. You need the perfect shoes for you. This is trial and error. And my final point on this is when you find that shoe that works for you, you stick with it. It is function over fashion. And you want to be injury-free and enjoy your runs and your workouts. So the best running shoes, unfortunately, that answer is it depends. But find that great running store, find that great professional. And if you have one now that works for you, be like, uh, I want a new one. I want to try something different. Not if it works for you. Told that story how I walked into a store many years ago in New York City, said the very same thing. I want to switch my shoes. 
the very accomplished runner who was working there said, why? I said, I just want something different. He said, do those work for you? I said, yes. He said, then I'm not selling you anything else. Great lesson. Okay. Number four, can yoga and Pilates, I'm going to go quicker here, people, help lengthen my muscles? The answer is no. Your muscles have an origin and an insertion. So unless you detach them surgically, how are you going to lengthen them? This plays into the bulk myth. I did do a podcast where can't can't start thinking about it because I'll get annoyed. Uh, someone tried to call me out on that and basically said he's right butt. <laughs> and the butt was nothing, was, was a lot of exercise science jargon. Lengthening a muscle means you change the origin and or the insertion. So this plays into the women's bulk myth. This comes down to genetics, people, and body types. You're born an ectomorph, a mesomorph, or an endomorph. End of story. You say, wait a minute, look at those people in yoga. Yes, they walked in the door that way. It is self-selecting. Basketball does not make people tall. And yoga and Pilates, by and large, does not give people long, lean muscles. It will help with posture. It is an incredible form of exercise. It is an incredible form of mental training. But you can't lengthen a muscle plays into that bulk myth and you are doing yourself a disservice, but I'm getting ahead of myself. All right. How many reps should I do? Once again, it depends. Are you working on strength? Are you working on power? What are your goals? Are you just trying to build muscle? Are you trying to just be healthy? Are you training for a specific sport? Or are you trying to rehabilitate an injury? For the vast majority of you who are trying to build muscle, feel better, look better, prevent injury. It's 10 to 15 reps, but you can go higher. That's the new science, the really interesting science. One of the topics that violates so many of my textbooks, but I can give you the answer. So yes, again, if you're a power lifter, you're lifting for strength, you know, three to six to eight reps is the range generally three to eight reps. And then there are those endurance type people who want to go higher reps will go over 15. Here's the takeaway. So simple. You got to fatigue the muscle. The last few repetitions have to be difficult. And that's the new science. So you're going to build muscle. You're going to build strength if you get tired, people. That makes complete sense, does it not? So if you do 35 repetitions of an exercise with two-pound weights and you're not really tired, you don't have that fatigue that you would get from a heavier weight and 15 repetitions, well, you're going to get a different outcome. But for the vast majority of you listening who want to build a little muscle, fit into your clothes a little better, lose weight. Again, enjoy life, 10 to 15 reps, last few repetitions, difficult without losing form. Number seven, is eating at night bad for you? Uh, We're not bears. Our metabolisms don't slow down incredibly while we sleep. Of course, a little bit. But the reason people gain weight from eating at night is because we all consume more of our calories late at night. And most people consume the vast majority of their daily calories from five o'clock on. Skipping breakfast, not eating enough in the morning, uh, hunger hormones kick in, you grab that candy bar at three o'clock and the wheels fall off. So this is why I talk about breakfast. This is why I talk about, as I call it, front-loading your day. And sure, one great way to lose weight, and I did just do a podcast about this, is to try to Stop eating earlier in the evening. But it's almost impossible to do if you don't eat 
well and enough throughout the day. Okay. Uh, oh, I skipped one. How many sets should I do? I'm behind here. I'm going to pick up the pace even more. Uh, so I did how many reps should I do? How many sets should I do? One is good. Two is better. Three if you're working on building muscle and strength and things like that, you're going to do a couple more sets. So one to three, generally speaking, but you can get away with one. It all comes down to, are you fatiguing your muscles and what are your goals? I do generally two sets. I can't do that third set anymore. Sometimes, but I get bored and I need to rotate. Like doing three sets of squats back to back just bores me to death. And, and I will do like a set of squats and then a set of crunches. I will just do a circuit because the mental boredom is so great. So if you're someone who's like, give me the bare minimum to, to be healthy and injury prevention, sure, one, you can get away with one set of something. But two to three sets of an exercise are where most of you are going to get the most benefit. Two to three sets. And people interchange these terms, by the way. So repetitions are how many times you do the squat. So 10 repetitions is up and down 10 times. Sets are how many times you do those 10. Often, often interchanged. Number eight, what should I do first, cardio or weights? Once again, it depends. What are your goals? If you are trying to set a PR bench press, well, then you don't want to do 30 minutes of cardio before. But if you are trying to look better, feel better, live longer, prevent injury, it does not matter. Mix it up. Sometimes do it first. Sometimes do it after. Many of you don't even do them at the same workout, but if you're going to the gym and you're trying to maximize that trip, many people will do both. And I'll give you my third way that I used to use frequently with clients that I was training in the gym. We would do 10 minutes of cardio and then we do 10 minutes of weights. Then we go back and do 10 minutes of cardio, oftentimes mixing it up. So we might go elliptical for 10, one set of full body for 10 minutes, treadmill for 10, second set of circuit for 10 minutes, and do it that way. So first, last in the middle does not matter. Uh, when your goals are to look better, feel better, and even sports performance and improvement. But if you are trying to get a maximum strength move in, or you're trying to get a PR with your cardio, you know, you're trying to run your fastest 5K, well, then don't do weights before. It makes sense. Number nine, can I build muscle with just body weight? Uh, yes, look at gymnasts, right? Yes, of course, they do strength training as well, but push-ups, pull-ups, chin-ups, squats, lunges, and all the variations you can do with them you can build some great muscle. So, of course, you want to overload with external weights sometimes, but you don't have to for the, you know, basic muscle building protocol. You can do more reps. You can slow it down and add in variations. Again, push-ups. You do enough push-ups and, and do enough variation, you're going to get big upper body depending on your genetics. So yes, the answer is yes, you can build muscle with body weight. Number 10, what is the best time of day to work out? Whenever you can. Yes, there is research into some pretty deep exercise physiology, uh, internally what's going on in the body and when it's best suited to deliver its best performance. What does that matter for you, all you people? 
I mean, I, I actually can't believe this article is still written. You know, what's the best time of day to work out? And by the way, I'm going to give you a new take on it. The best time of day to work out is all day long. My micro workout plan book. You know, sure, you can go to the gym. Sure, you can get in your workout. But I did a four-mile run this morning. I did a bunch of crunches, you know, and, and ab exercises about an hour or two later. And I'm going to be doing things throughout the day. So the best time of day to work out is all day long. Get in movement all day long. All right, micro workouts, shorter workouts. There is no just or only. It's not I only did, you know, 100 uh, ab moves or whatever, crunches. It's that you did them. It's not that you only walked a mile. You walked a mile. It all adds up. All right. Is running really bad for your knees? Absolutely not. So many studies that now completely refute that myth. And in point of fact, runners have a lower incidence of osteoarthritis than do non-runners. There's different ideas and reasons and uh, causes. One is, uh, and I talked with Dr. Liebman about this from Harvard, carrying excess weight around all day long, that's really challenging on the joints. So runners tend to weigh less than non-runners, and so they're carrying around less weight. Running three times a week for 30 minutes or whatever, you know, the average person is doing, or even three times, four times a week for 45 minutes, doesn't come close to what having weak muscles and excess weight can do to your joints 24 hours a day. All right, so the answer is no. And I know that this has been one of the top myths for so long, not true. Now, totally different if you have a pre-existing injury, but what we're talking about here is people who say, oh, you're going to have bad knees when you're older. I'm 52, I've logged a lot of miles, and I'm 100% injury-free. The knees are good. All right, number 12, won't lifting weights make me bulky? Absolutely one of the top myths that keep women from achieving their best bodies goes back to that lengthening a muscle myth. Comes down to body type. Again, ectomorph, mesomorph, endomorph. One of the best things everyone can do, but especially women who have higher incidence of osteopenia and things like that, osteoporosis. We want to lift weights. We want to get strong. That fear of bulk is one of the top reasons women have failed to achieve their best bodies. Put forth by fitness people that I just want to have some words with. So, I know you look at certain body types and you say, well, look at that woman or look at that guy. Look how big they are. There's other things going on. And most often they are choosing and doing things to achieve that. And it's hard and they have the genetics and they oftentimes take other things to help get bigger. And I'll leave it at that. So please, 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 the bulk myth has to go away. You know what? Final break, quick pace, and then we're going to pick up the pace even more. All right. We will be right back after this short break.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are back. See, as I look at the clock, I'm like, okay. I'm going to pick up the pace even more, but I want to give you information. That's what's so challenging with this podcast. Okay, enough. Let's just let's just start flying through it. All right, so number 13, is fruit really bad for you? Oh my gosh, torturous myth. I talked about this with Wendy Earlbeck, one of the top nutritionists, had her on the show, have had her on the show three times. No, people say, oh, well, the carbs. Carbs are not bad for you. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, the sugar, it's fruit sugar. It is healthy. There are so many other things you get in fruit, the vitamins, the minerals, the disease-preventing compounds, so much good stuff in fruit. I'm so tired of people thinking that a banana or an apple or blueberries are bad. And by the way, get into a little bit of the science. When you pair things like fruit, the AS have a higher glycemic index with a protein, totally changes how your body takes it in and your body's response in a positive way. Do not think that fruit is bad for you. If you think fruit's bad for you, what the heck are you eating? What the heck are you eating? What's left? Uh, how many days a week should I do cardio? This is number 14. Harvard Health says 120 minutes per week. American College of Sports Medicine says 200 to 330. Try to do cardio all day long, as I'm saying, start with movement and then you get into the exercise. So if you're going to get on the elliptical, if you're going to go for a walk, Try to do that every day, people. You don't hear that enough. 
But that can be five minutes once a day. That can be five minutes four times a day. That can be going to the gym for an hour. That can be going down into your home gym and doing a half hour. I want you to break it up and mix it up and do it throughout the week. If you need round numbers, there you go. 120, 200, 300 minutes. But I don't want you counting those minutes the way people count calories. Try to get it at the very least. If you're someone who is going to the gym, you say, give me a number, Tom. I'm going to go down into my home gym and get on my elliptical. Okay, three. But I want you to be moving more throughout the week as well. But the takeaway from this one is the short workouts matter. So you can go down into your gym or go to the, you know, it's going to be tougher when you go to the gym to do 10 minutes. That's why working out at home is so good. But if you're going to the gym, you can do 10 minutes of cardio and 30 minutes of strength and 10 minutes of stretching and mix it up that way. All right. I also threw out in my book way back when beat the gym. You can also just do it. Do your uh, weight in minutes per week. And then as you lose weight, you can pull back on the cardio a little bit and add in more strength, which is super important and a great way to do it. All right. Start small. It all counts. It all adds up. Are squats really bad for you? Nope. We're squatting all day, people. I think back to when I auditioned to do Supreme 90 Day, which was a P90X takeoff routine. And I walked in the audition and they said, just go, like, pretend you're leading a class. And, I, and they said, do squats. And so I was performing squats and I said, listen, squats are not bad for you. Bad squats are bad for you. And the person, the producer said, cut, you got it. That line basically got it for me amongst other things. But squats are not bad for you. We were squatting all day long. And I've talked about how there was a well-known doctor that I lectured with and I had just given a presentation on squatting. And after he said, I think you're totally wrong. And I said, well, okay, we can agree to disagree. We are squatting all day long. You need to strengthen the muscles around your knees. You need to do them progressively. And I know that many of you have knee pain and squatting hurts. So if you're a client of mine, we would strengthen you progressively with maybe one inch deep squats. Does that mean everyone can do them pain-free? Nope. But the vast majority in my experience when progressed appropriately can. What is the best exercise to lose fat from my hips? This goes back to the trying to spot reduce myth. So. For men, it's generally the abs, the stomach. I want to reduce the fat deposits from my stomach. What's the exercise? Doesn't exist. Same thing for hips for women. And they generally will get, you will get on that machine, right? The leg abduction machine in the gym, or you will do all of those exercises at home that I see on social media. You can't tell your body where to lose fat from. It is genetically predetermined. Now, I know you feel it and you feel the burn. And you still want to work that area, but do not waste time doing 30 minutes of hip abduction when you need to build muscle and get strong all over and burn calories. So by spending an inordinate amount of time working on your abs, working on your hips, at the expense of burning calories and building muscle on other parts of your body, you are doing yourself an incredible disservice. Number 17, what is the best weight loss supplement? There is not one. It doesn't exist. When you see all of those claims, doesn't exist. Okay, do not waste your money. And if I have to give you one that I did give on a podcast I did on supplements, caffeine. Caffeine is a fat burner. Caffeine will help you work out longer, will make you work out harder and lessen your feelings of, of pain, essentially, 
and intensity when you are doing it. Some of you say you can't do the caffeine, the coffee, the tea, then you don't have to. And it's, it's not a huge amount, but it's an amount. It's a fat burner. It mobilizes fat stores, which is why endurance athletes will have caffeine in many of their products to help them go longer, preserving carbohydrate stores, just energy stores. But the short answer is there's no weight loss supplement. And the ones that there have been over the years were really bad, the pharmaceutical ones. Side effects, there's a cost to everything, people. Are eggs really bad for you? Another topic I went over and over with Wendy Earlbeck. Nope. And this is back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Great source of protein, great source of some healthy uh, fats, the yolks. Do you do the yolks? Do you not do the yolks? What I said on the show was because I eat a large amount of eggs, if I'm doing a six egg omelet, I might do two yolks and that's it. And sometimes I do six. So sometimes I'll leave some yolks out, sometimes I won't. And I know the research is so confusing, but we need protein people getting ahead of myself. So short answer is I'm eating my eggs. I give eggs to my kids. Been eating eggs for a long time. And by the way, my, you know, idol picture on the wall sign, Jack Lane. He had his two hard-boiled eggs every morning when I interviewed him, he told me. So I'm eating my eggs. Uh, what is the best cardio for weight loss? Super simple. That is whatever you are going to do consistently. Okay? It is whatever you are going to do consistently. If I tell you it's running and you can't run and you hate running, well, then that's not the best cardio for your weight loss. But it does come down then the question to intensity. Ellipticals, you burn fewer calories because it's easier on your joints. That makes sense. So the harder the exercise, a burpee burns a lot of calories because it's super hard. Running, which is challenging for many people, burns more calories, generally speaking, than the elliptical because you are bearing more of your own weight. That being said, it's not only whatever you use consistently, but it's how you use it. Okay, so you can take an elliptical with the arm attachments and go pretty darn hard. So it's about intensity and it's about frequency. Okay, so the best cardio for your weight loss is whatever you do consistently and push yourself on it occasionally, okay? What are better free weights or machines does not matter, but yes, I will throw in the it depends. If you're someone into specific sports, you need, you know, to, to swing things around, you know, full body type movements with a kettlebell, with a dumbbell, of course. But when we're talking about Building strength, looking better, feeling better, injury prevention. Strength is strength, people. And bodybuilders use machines and free weights to build muscle. And most professional athletes will use both. And I know you're going to throw out the, what about functional fitness? What, you know what? Functional is strength is functional. All strength is functional. So sure, you get more movement and you should mix it up and I mix it up. But you shouldn't do one exclusively, just like everything else. So do some free weights, do some machines. Do what you have access to and mix it up. What should I get for my home gym? Love this question. Simple answers. You need cardio and you need strength. Goes back to what I just talked about. What do you prefer cardio-wise and what will the most people in your family use? Is that a treadmill, an elliptical? And then you need strength. Maybe a set of dumbbells. There's so many options now with fitness technology but when you are putting together your home gym, your first two questions to yourself are, how am I going to do cardio and what am I going to use for strength? All right. Does not have to be super expensive. And by the way, 
If you're like super limited budget, you get a corner of the room, you get a mat, and you watch some videos and you do body weight exercises. Is caffeine bad for you? Kind of touched on this already. Caffeine is an ergogenic aid. It was actually banned at the Olympics at certain levels, which tells us that it is a performance enhancer, which is what ergogenic aid means. So sure, there are some people that can't tolerate it. You shouldn't have it. There are levels, uh, you know, you don't want to take in too much. It's moderation. But caffeine has numerous benefits, including the ones I already outlined, and also cognitive and and positive benefits to the brain. So like anything else, it's moderation, and I use it in my daily routine as well. All right, here we go. We're getting there. Uh, How many days a week should I lift weights? It depends on how many times a week you're going to work out. If you're going to the gym six days a week, well, then you can split up your routine in different ways and do uh, six days of strength training, upper body one day, lower body the next. You could alternate it that way for six days. But for the vast majority of you listening, two to three days a week of strength, two to three days, full body routine, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, perfect strength. Give yourself that uh, day off in between. Your muscles need 24 hours to recover. But if you're someone who loves the gym or wants to do strength training every day, well, then you do things that are known as split routines, which is like chest, shoulders, and triceps on one day, back and biceps the next day, legs the third day. So it depends on how many days you're going to be doing strength. But for the vast majority of people who want the benefits I keep outlining, two to three days, I would say three because I want you to get the most out of it. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, non-consecutive days. Are carbs really bad for you? No, no. Carbs are our body's preferred energy source. There are different types of carbohydrates. They're simple and complex. Complex carbohydrates are what we want more of. Okay, those are fruits and vegetables, not processed foods. Don't come in a bag. Generally speaking, don't have a label, bananas, you get oatmeal is a great complex carbohydrate. So carbs are not the enemy. Processed food is what we want to avoid for the most part, but not, you know, no one's perfect. 80-20, as I talked about on so many podcasts. Okay, it's not about carbs. And when people tell me they're off carbs, I know they're not. They just don't know what carbs are. That means you're not eating bread and things like that. I get it. But carbs are found in so many things, and we need them, okay? What is the best diet? The best diet is the one that you can do for a lifetime that is healthy. Not a fad diet, not one that you're going to do for six weeks, eight weeks. You're going to deprive yourself. You're going to lose some muscle. You're going to be miserable. And then you're going to probably gain more weight back than you lost because you lost muscle. You lowered your metabolism. That is one of the main reasons fad diets are so insidious. You lose some fat, you lose a lot of water, you lose some muscle, and then when you go back to eating the way you did prior, you're going to gain weight. Not because you're eating any more, but because you have lowered your metabolism. I follow the Mediterranean diet. I didn't follow it to begin with. I just figured out after researching and eating healthy for a long time that that's what I was doing. Lean sources of protein complex carbohydrates for the most part, healthy fats, some wine. There's no deprivation. It's moderation. So for me, it's the Mediterranean diet. There are others, but it's a diet that is healthy for you that you're going to do for a lifetime. 
and it needs to be healthy for you. Okay, we're getting there. Um, blah, blah, blah. I am training for a marathon or throwing any event here, but I'm gaining weight. Why? So common. Couple factors going on here. Generally, people get hungrier. Or not generally, some people exercise just makes them hungrier depending on what you're doing. So that's part of it. It's going to increase your, your hunger. You're going to eat more. But many people also reward eat. Reward eat. You cannot outrun your fork. What people think they burned, even a marathon, let me give you the math again, you generally burn about 100 calories per mile while running. To lose a pound is around 3,500 calorie deficit. A marathon is 26 miles. 26 times 100 is 2,600. You are 900 calories short of losing a pound when you run a marathon. I know that's depressing for people, but that is one of the reasons people gain weight when they start an exercise program or a specific training program is because you're taking in more. You're, you're doing that run and saying, well, I just ran 10 miles. I can eat whatever I want today. You can't. But when you eat healthier and continue that training program and focus on healthy eating and not taking in too much, then you'll be fine. But you're expending calories. So when you go by the energy model, that's one of the main reasons. So you got hunger is a part of it. But in my experience, a huge part of it is the reward eating and not realizing how many calories you're taking in. Uh, how much protein should I eat each day? Have done many podcasts on this. The recommendation is generally low for the, the vast majority of people. It's the least amount or the lowest amount you should probably take in per day. But those of you who are listening are active people or getting more active. So simple rule of thumb, half your body weight in grams of protein per day. If you weigh 150 pounds, around 75 grams of protein, you can add a little bit more in. I often do. Uh, we want to build muscle. Protein is the building block of muscle. And then you want to ideally spread that out throughout the day. So if you're getting four, five, six meals throughout the day, a little bit of protein at all of them. And back to what I was talking about earlier, with the fruit, with um you know, uh, high glycemic foods. That's another reason to have protein at each and every meal. Plus you're going to feel fuller. It's about satiety. So about half your body weight in grams of protein per day, roughly. Is creatine really bad for you? Had to throw this one in there. Nope. It's one of the most researched supplements out there. It works. It helps build some strength, helps you add some muscle. It is found naturally in meats and other foods. So, you know, many people will look at some, some bad press that creatine has received. But for athletes, I give it to one of my sons. There you go. My teenage son who is really starting to, you know, grow and build muscle. Um, it is one of the most researched supplements. We will talk about it often on this show. And as one of the few supplements uh, other than protein that I will buy in a supplement store. It's creatine and protein. And that goes to the show I alluded to earlier that I did on my four favorite supplements. Creatine and protein both work. And the research is really strong and it is okay for you. Will spinning make my legs big? Back to the bulk myth. Nope. And what I find a little humorous is that before the Peloton craze, so many people believe this, that they wouldn't go into the spinning class. They wouldn't take the group cycling class in the gyms. But suddenly when you have a, a $2,500 bike at home, that myth seemed to go away a little bit, which is a great thing. 
which is a great thing. So I joke and say, uh, I guess spinning, you know, riding a bike at home does something to your body physiologically that prevents your legs from getting bulky. Nope, doesn't do it. It's high revolution, generally low resistance. It is not enough, if you want to get into the science, not even close to enough resistance to actually build a significant amount of muscle. Not even close, especially the way most people are doing it. High revolution, low resistance, not going to happen. Doesn't overload the muscle enough. Uh, So don't worry about that. It's a great form of exercise. What is the best alcohol to drink if I want to lose weight? Such a common question. You want to stay away from the sugars and the calories right? The tonic, gin and tonic, nope. Club sodas, things like that. The lower calorie alcohol is what's going to work for many of you. I love this question. I find it hysterical. I drink wine, but your fruit, fruitier drinks, again, the ones high in sugar uh, are the ones that are going to be high in calories. So of course it comes down to calories. Then we have to go, just say quickly, it's what the alcohol does to your eating afterwards and your exercise. So have that couple extra glasses or two or three, and then you wake up the next morning, you have that bacon, egg, and cheese, you don't get your workout in, that's what adds up. That's what makes drinking tough when you're trying to lose weight. But your alcohol, you want to keep the calories low and the sweetness to a minimum, and you can throw a glass of club soda or something like that in between drinks. That helps as well. How long should I do cardio to lose weight? So within the the workout, it all adds up. So if you have five minutes, do five minutes. If you have 30 minutes and you're good with that, do 30 minutes. But I want you to look at what you did for the whole week. So don't worry about that you have to do an hour every session. You don't. You don't have to do a half hour every session. You can do 20 minutes with intervals that I've talked about on many podcasts that is way better when it comes to burning calories uh, than a 40-minute steady state. You still want to do both, but my point is that you can and should have different length cardio workouts all week long. You know, go for that two mile walk with your dogs. That counts. Do, you know, uh, 20 minutes on your elliptical. That counts. Just keep moving throughout the day. Lots of walking. That all adds up. All right. So don't think that you have to do an hour because most people then say, I don't have time to do that. Um, How can I make my walks more effective? Such a common article that I contribute to. Um, you want to mix it up, your, your route, you want to throw in some hills and you want to throw in some intervals. So speed intervals, play around with your speed. It's all about variation. One simple way to make your walks more effective. If you do that same three mile loop every day, reverse it. Your body gets acclimated. Your body knows where that hill is going to be. When you've done it so many times over and over, body's a really smart machine. So vary the distance vary the intensity, vary your speeds, and do some hill repeats. Do some hilly routes, go up and down. You find a good hill that is along your walk, go up and down it a handful of times. Did a podcast why everyone should do hills for that very reason. All right. What is the best exercise to strengthen my back? There are so many, but one of my favorites, the power of the plank. Plank is just such a Simple yet effective bodyweight exercise that can be modified for all levels. You're not moving, so there's no crunching, you know, motion, which can have, uh, you know, deleterious effects on people's neck, things like that. You can still do it with good form and be fine. But the plank, 
for so many people is such a great movement because it works the front and the back of your core at the same time in an isometric fashion and a fashion similar to how you're going to um, stabilize yourself throughout the day. So the plank is just an awesome exercise that everyone should do regardless of if you have back pain, if you don't, it's for sports performance, it's for health, uh, it's for everything. So the plank is the one I would throw out there. Are the calorie counters on machines and fitness devices accurate? Nope. And they generally overestimate. Did a show on that. It's unfortunate. And they almost never underestimate. Almost never. Wonder why that is. Okay. You, it's going to sound tough and unfortunate, especially on machines like ellipticals. I would say cut it in half. You go, oh my gosh, well, if weight loss is your goal, you want to err on the side of caution and it's going to be pretty close depending on the machine you're using. But don't be attached to those numbers. I know you're counting calories and numbers and you want to know, but they're not accurate. They're not accurate for the most part, depending on the machines. I lost weight during my workouts, but I've stopped seeing results. Why? Talked about this frequently. A couple things going on here. Your body's a smart machine. You say, oh, Tom, I've been doing this three-mile walk three times a week. I lost, you know, a bunch of weight at the start, and now I'm not seeing the results I had. Well, a couple things have happened. You have gotten more efficient at walking. You're burning fewer calories. You have lost weight. You are burning fewer calories for those two reasons. And so you need to mix it up. You need to add variation in. And that goes for so many different workouts, not just walking, strength as well, and cardio. This is why I talk constantly about variation to keep your body guessing, to keep those changes coming, to keep challenging your cardiovascular system, your musculoskeletal system in different ways. Um, so plateaus oftentimes happen. Let me say this. They always happen. I have plateaus. You know, you're going to see that weight loss is not linear. None of this is generally speaking linear. So you're going to have those plateaus when they happen. You keep working out. You know that you're burning calories. You know that you're doing great things for your body and your mind that you're not seeing on the scale and that you mix it up. And when you challenge yourself and your body in different ways, those results will continue. How much water should I drink every day? Simple rule of thumb is the same one as protein, about half your body weight uh, in ounces of water per day. I find when I do this, I am in the bathroom like 10 to 20 times a day. So uh, find what works for you, but that's a nice round number to start with. Uh, is yoga good for weight loss? Yoga is great for many things, but when it comes to the cardiovascular benefit, the amount of energy you're expending, and that's what weight loss comes down to, um, they've done the studies. They've put heart rate monitors on people. Now, I'm not saying that yoga is not a phenomenal form of exercise that just about everyone should do at some point in their life, at least. So many benefits, but weight loss is not at the top of the list. It's a very simple expenditure uh, argument, okay? Once again, you go, wait a minute, Tom, look at these people who are, again, Many of them walked in the door looking the way they did. And then many of them started changing their diets after doing yoga. And that's where the weight loss comes from. Not talked about enough. So phenomenal form of exercise, but you got to do your strength work. You got to do your cardio work too for your muscular health and your heart health and things like that. 
How do I become a faster runner? The short answer is you run fast. I know that's <laughs> the simple, not uh, the response many people want, but 80-20, Matt Fitzgerald. So 80% of your runs, you want to do just regular base pace, like nice, easy runs to build up your strength. Um, and then 20% of the time, you're going to do interval work. And that's generally speaking, once a week for runners. Tuesdays, you know, a lot of triathletes go to the track and you do your speed work. But the great thing about running is, and just all forms of exercise when it comes to this type of uh, question, you don't have to do a lot of it, nor should you. If you do too much speed work, you're going to get hurt and you're going to actually have diminishing results. So one to two times per week of doing some interval training is going to help. Now, let me also say, I detest going to the track. I became a faster runner by running a lot, especially with clients, but that was at a slow pace. And then I would do weekend runs, which forced me to run faster. So 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, things like that. I ran with a group of people in an organized race, made me faster. So if you don't like going to the track or doing intervals on your treadmill, that is an alternative. Still, if you really want to get fast, you got to do those intervals. And over time, I, I forced myself to. But you're going to become a faster runner by putting in the miles and then doing your interval work, okay? How long until I start seeing results? Such a common question. Tough. What are we asking here? Is it weight loss? That's generally what people are asking. Right at the point where most people quit is when they're going to start seeing results. And it depends. It depends on how much you are changing your routine. And that's the problem is if you try to change too much too soon, people don't stick with it. But if you need a nice round number, give yourself six to eight weeks of doing your cardio, doing your strength, changing your eating habits a little bit. One to two pounds a week is phenomenal and where you want to be when it comes to true, pure weight loss, fat loss. So give yourself enough time to see the results. Most people don't. And if you are seeing results really quickly, that is water for the most part. You know, I just saw a friend of mine who's who uh, talked about going on a, um, a fast, a three-day fast, and how dropped five pounds. And guess what? You don't drop five pounds of fat in three days. Enough. <laughs> Two more. I got through it. Our lunch is really bad for you. Had to put this in because it goes with the squats. We are squatting and lunging all day long. So I generally start people out with squats and then I progress them to lunges and stationary lunges. But we are squatting and lunging all day long. We need to be able to do those movements pain-free and that comes through strengthening progressively to make those lower body muscles strong. All right, drum roll. I'm a little, I'm a little fatigued. <laughs> this went way longer than I thought it would, but story of my life. Final one, number 41, drum roll. If I stop working out, will my muscle turn to fat? One of the greatest myths, so easily, 100% discounted through science. A muscle fiber and a fat cell are two totally different things. And when you stop working out, your muscles get smaller. You go, oh, wait, look at like, throw it out there. People look at people like Arnold Schwarzenegger and people who were really big and now aren't. It's not their muscle that turned to fat. It's just body fat. It's just body fat. Or professional athletes, you know, who, uh, football linemen especially, you know, they were big, muscular. 
And again, there's other things going on with those two groups, by the way. But muscle cannot turn to fat, and fat cannot turn to muscle. That's what I see too, by the way. Turn your fat into muscle. Mm, impossible. <sighs> I needed like a gel. I needed like a Gatorade. Um, it's, 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 it's hard to do anything quickly when you want it to be the information you need. So there you go. <laughs> 41 top diet and exercise questions answered. I know for those of you who listen to many podcasts, it's repetitive, some of the concepts, but we need to hear them over and over again till people grasp them, till they resonate with you in a certain way that gets you to change certain behaviors. But this is the science. This is the science. And it's the behavioral changes as well. Because I can tell you that running burns a heck of a lot of calories and could be the best form of exercise, you know. But if you're not doing it, and you're like, I, I like Zumba, but I do Zumba five days a week, and then Zumba's for you. Or if I tell you that, you know, bench press barbell is going to do X, but you hate it, and it, or it hurts your wrists, or it hurts your shoulders, or you don't have one, you don't need one. We need to raise our heart rates, to burn calories and strengthen our hearts and do many other positive physiological changes, including mental as well, physiological and, and cognitive. And we need to lift heavy things, burn calories, expend energy, lift heavier things, whatever way you want to do that, body weight, free weight, bands. This is what works. This is not selling you. Let me go back. Weightlifting is a waste of time, so is cardio. Mm -hmm. Not so. All right. <laughs> I'm going to take a nap. And I want to thank you for listening. If you want to reach out, Tom H. Fit is Instagram. Tom H. Fit is Twitter. Fitnessdisrupted.com. You can email me through the site. Newest book is the Micro Workout Plan. Newest website is Tom Holland Fitness adding all my content from decades to this site so you can have training plans and exercises and videos and everything you need to achieve your best body and life, okay? Because it's all about you looking better, feeling better, living longer. And I'm going to bring you the best information to help you do that. I'm selling you the ability to have your best life based on science. That's all I care about. Thank you for listening. I'm Tom Holland. This is Fitness Disrupted. Believe it yourself. Fitness Disrupted is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, 
eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.